This is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful Roundtown, USA, where we believe that he who kneels before God can stand before anyone. This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask Your Holy Spirit lead and guide us as we speak to Your people today. Open their hearts and minds to receive Your revelation, hold fast that which is good, and practice what they preach. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is An Hour in God's Love. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, too. It's a beautiful day in our neighborhood. It is, and I had a trip to Colorado last weekend and almost got snowed in. They got three feet of snow dumped on them, and I barely made it out so I could get back to sunny round town. I know. I went over to the Oregon coast. I was up by Gold Beach, Oregon, and uh, it was raining. And it's the first time I'd had extended rain in I don't know how long. Since you lived in Seattle. I says, this is what it used to be like in the Northwest. Yeah, exactly. My word, that's why I moved. <laughs> exactly. Well, today we're going to talk about spending an hour in God's love. This is a follow-up to a podcast we did last week, which is An Hour in God's Presence. And the basic premise is that an hour in God's love can fix things in your life that have been long-standing and deep-seated and refuse to move for anything else because it's God's love that penetrates into the deep recesses of our hearts and our minds and we trust him instinctively, and so we open up these very difficult and tender areas of our heart to let him work in and to heal. Mm -hmm. And the revelation of the hour is that he does this through members of the body of Christ that he connects us with. And when we see God manifest in the flesh of another woman or another man who believes in Jesus Christ, we instinctively trust them as we trust God, and therefore they're able to minister to us in ways that were previously, frankly, impossible. Mm -hmm. It's very true, because the love of God is the nature of God. The Bible says that God is love. And the way that we're supposed to live our lives as Christians is in the presence of God. In the book of Ephesians, it talks about that we have been seated together with Christ in heavenly places. I always took that to mean that we were seated with Christ, together meaning us and Christ. But there are some other translations of that scripture that talks about us together as believers are with Christ in heavenly places. And I think that's really significant that when we come to Christ and we're seated with him, next to him in heavenly places, he lifts us up, but he doesn't just lift us up by ourselves. He lifts us up with other believers that he's connected us with. A lot of times, if you're really closely connected to someone, you come into the presence of God, you sense that person's presence even exactly. more strongly than you do throughout a normal day. That's because when you are united in spirit, 
by the will of God with anyone, a friend or a spouse or anyone, when you come into the presence of God, it just enhances that connection and you can feel it even more strongly. And that's a beautiful thing because we're seated together with Christ. So when we're with Christ in those heavenly places, it changes our perspective. It changes our perspective on ourselves, on our circumstances, on the world, on other people. And that perspective that we get is the perspective of love because the very nature of God is love. The scriptures state, or Jesus said, that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And what he's saying is that when we allow God to connect us through his Holy Spirit, he dwells in our midst. Mm -hmm. He dwells between us, like the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. We become those cherubim. Our wings shield God, and he comes and he dwells with us. And this is the revelation that God's bringing forth in this hour. God desires to manifest through his saints. He desires to be seen through individuals of the body of Christ. That's why we're called the body of Christ. We're linked inextricably to his head. Mm. And as we follow the signals that he sends out to the other parts of the body, we become coordinated and we minister to one another. And we're able to allow him to do things in the earth that he perhaps could not do when he was here in just Jesus. When the body of Christ manifests Jesus 2.0, we're millions, we're billions. Mm -hmm. And the work of the ministry gets done not through just specific individuals, but through the multitude of believers who are yielding to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. individually. Mm -hmm. And then as he connects those individuals with each other spiritually, so they have a bond through his spirit, that increases the power and the efficacy of everything that they do. Nobody is supposed to be an island unto themselves, especially in God. Human beings are created to be tribal. Human beings are created with a huge dependency on other humans. And that's by God's intention because he wants us to connect with those that he wants us to be connected to. So his power can flow through us even more powerfully. And we can manifest things in this earth that we could never do in and of ourselves. Exactly. And the result of the Holy Spirit manifesting in the most powerful way possible in the early church was what? They all came together. They didn't want to leave. In fact, they so didn't want to leave, they sold lands and houses and whatever and laid them at the feet of the apostles so that they could distribute it so they could all just live in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit draws people together. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit connects the body of Christ as he desires. And this is the revelation of tabernacles. The tabernacle blessing is the love of God shown through us to other individuals in Christ. And beyond that, the love of God is shown to the world. The love of God is shown to the world through the believers in the Christ as they go out two by two. Hmm. They are connected. They are put together. Why? For the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Is it a blessing to be connected to somebody in Christ? It's amazing yes (laughs) there's nothing else like it in the entire world Mm -hmm. but it's not that we just consume it upon our own lust exactly it's that we allow god to get us in unity so we can go out and do the work of the ministry Mm -hmm. and finish the work of god that christ started he was reconciling the world unto god through himself but now god is reconciling the rest of the world unto himself through us yeah and sometimes that spiritual connection with people is 
so powerful and is such a blessing that we feel like that is the end. You know, I'm so blessed by being connected to this person and everything that I give to them and they give to me and the unity that we share in Christ. But we need to recognize that that's for a purpose. The blessing that it is, is a blessing that God gives us as a gift because it's a foretaste of how things are going to be in the new heavens and the new earth. But it's for a purpose on earth. If God connects you to someone on this earth, there's a purpose behind it. One purpose, yes, is to bless each other and encourage each other and heal each other. But then there's something that God wants to be done between people when he connects you. And it could be maybe just praying for each other. It could be just a season of lifting each other up and and recognizing God's love in a way that you've never known before. And then you go your separate ways. It could be that you have a ministry together. It just depends on what God desires to do. But understanding that when God connects you, he's got a purpose in it. And seeking God to find what the purpose is, is really important. A lot of people just they're so wounded. Mm-hmm. They have so many blockages in their hearts and in their minds. They can't go forward and do the things of the ministry. An hour in God's love is worth so much that the world cannot do. And we need to recognize that the healer that we need is not really those who just put band-aids over the top mm-hmm. of our wounds. We need a healer that can actually touch us where it hurts and heal that wound and make it entirely whole. And remembering that love, being in the presence of love, is this perfect love that God has and God is. And the beautiful thing about that love is that it casts out fear. And when we come into that love and just spend just even a minimal amount of time really wrapped in the deep love, there are certain things that can't come with us. I don't think there's anything wrong with counseling, psychotherapy, sometimes medications that people need to help them get over situations and and issues. But the most powerful resource is being in the love of God because there are things that cannot come into that presence. When you're dealing with a counselor or psychotherapist, you're constantly focused on and in the presence of the discouragement and the fear and the depression and the anxiety that you're dealing with, when you come into the presence of love, those things can't come because perfect love casts out fear. Fear is not just being afraid. Fear takes many forms. Anxiety is a form of fear. Depression is a form of fear. Jealousy is a form of fear. Discouragement, unworthiness, all of these things that we're looking at the future and feeling like it's foreboding and it's horrible, that is fear. That kind of thing cannot come into the presence of love. So it's like having a big, huge water hose that when you step in, it just washes away all of that. And you're sitting just in the presence of love and you're receiving from God what that love speaks that is truth that you are worthy, that you are so incredibly valuable, that you have a calling, that you have healing, that you have a beauty about you that nobody else has, that you have a significance about you in people around you that nobody else has, that there's nothing to worry about in your future because God holds your future and his plans for you are always good. And there's so many things that just dissolve in the presence of that love. And he can touch your heart and your spirit and your soul in a way that you can't get through your mind. The problem with a lot of the ways that we try to handle our issues today is we try to handle them with our mind. We do need to control our thoughts. That's important. We have to take every thought captive to Christ, but we can't figure out the solutions to most of our problems by thinking through them. The way that we get through our problems is we bring them into the presence of God and we soak them in that love. And that just dissolves everything that needs to be dissolved. God does the work. His love does the work. It's like just having a healing 
warm sunshine that comes over you. You don't know why or how the sun shining on your skin makes it feel so good. You just know that that's what happens when you're in the sun. That's exactly what happens when you come into the presence of God. You just sit in his love and his love does the work in you that needs to be done. And little by little, you just see those things start to fall off. The more you connect to God in his love, the more you just see the healing and the restoration and the fear that's in you being driven out. Exactly. You know, a lot of people are searching the internet these days to try to find answers to life's most pressing question. Now they're going to .com this and .edu this and .net that. And the original domain was .god. Mm, that's good. <laughs> that was the original way that we were supposed mm -hmm. to get our information. If any man lacked wisdom, we simply asked our father who oh, wow. gave it to us liberally. The real information we need, the information that will actually make a difference in our lives, comes directly from the Holy Spirit. We have no need that any man teach us, mm -hmm. because we have been given the Spirit of truth, who leads and guides us into all truth. And that Spirit only speaks what is from God. Right. And when we need an answer, we go to God, and He gives us the answer. And this is supposed to be the natural way of things in the Holy Spirit and Christian lives. We don't need to go and try to figure things out ourselves because we have God. You know, going by our natural mind puts us at enmity with our Lord. But being led with the Spirit, that gives us fellowship. And that's what we really need. And the revelation of the tabernacle blessing is that that fellowship we need is in the person or persons God connects you to spiritually. They become a manifestation of the Holy Spirit to you, and you have direct access to God with skin. Right. They're not God, no. but they manifest or reveal God. Reveal God, yeah, I like that. Just yeah. as God desired it from the very beginning. We mm -hmm. were made in his image and his likeness. We are being remade into his image and likeness as we yield to his Holy Spirit. And Jesus pointed the way. He gave the example. He fully yielded to God until he was the express image of God. When you looked at Jesus, you saw God looking back. Mm. When Jesus spoke, you could write it down in red letters. When <laughs> yeah. Jesus touched you, it was the divine touch of God to his creation. And this is what we're supposed to become. It says so in the book of Ephesians, mm -hmm. till we all come to the perfect man, right. the fullness and stature of Christ. This is our goal. Our goal is not to be like our pastor, our goal is not to be even like Paul. Let's just go to the source. Let's just go to the real authority and be like Christ. And as we be like Christ, what do we become? We become love. Yes. And an hour in God's love is worth more than all the psychotherapy in the world. Mm -hmm. There is a place at times for that. I, I will agree with you on that. But mostly what people need is love and acceptance. And within that domain, that dot God domain, you can be free. And just like God chose to dwell in a burning bush in order to talk to Moses, God is choosing to dwell in his saints in this generation in order to talk to the world. And his saints are manifesting his nature, which is love. And that's why the hallmark of the tabernacle blessing is love. And it's effortless for us as believers 
It's not like we have to muster up this love. Sometimes we look at the, the calling that we have to love and we think there is no way. I don't feel that for that person. I don't feel that for the world. I've got issues in and of myself, but it's not our work. Manifesting the love of God comes from being in the presence of God. Exactly. You get in the presence of God, you experience God, and he pours love into you. And as he pours love into you, it automatically overflows. There's no way we can contain the love of God in and of ourselves. If we're experiencing it and we're allowing ourselves to receive it from him through another person, from him directly, we feel that love and there's no way we can contain it. it will automatically flow out. We don't have to muster up and create some sort of a love. It's it's a baptism. It's a, it's a move of God, exactly. a work of God to come upon us and it automatically flows to other people. When we receive that love of God and spend time in that love, like I said before, it changes the way we see everything. It changes the way we see ourselves first and foremost and we can see ourselves with more acceptance, with more grace. We can understand the value that we have before God. It's not a selfish kind of, I'm wonderful, great pride thing. It's an understanding of our worthiness before God. So we can stand confident in that. I know that I'm loved by God. I know that I'm valuable to him. I know that he has amazing plans for me. I know that he looks at me with adoring eyes all the time, no matter what I do. And when we have that confidence, it changes the way that we start seeing everybody around us. So we have patience and grace for people's flaws. We don't keep a record of wrongs. We don't hold things against people. We're able to not pass judgment on situations. We're able to not just jump on the bandwagon of negativity. We're able to view the world through the eyes of love, which becomes the eyes of God. And consequently, God can really move on us to flow through us. We're supposed to be representing God every day in everything we do. And every person we come into contact with, we're supposed to be representing God. And if we yield to that love, as we're sitting in that presence of that love, we're going to manifest that. It's going to automatically come out of us. Jesus was at the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem on the last great day. And he got up before everybody and he shouted out, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He didn't say rivers of living water would flow into you. Hmm. He said it would flow out of you. Interesting. For the exact reason you just said. You're all filled up. So where does it go? It goes out. Mm. And it goes out to everyone. And when you have a whole body of Christ, a whole body of believers that have rivers of living water flowing out of them, what do you got? Well, you got an ocean. You have an mm. ocean of love. Mm -hmm. And that love is going to cover the whole world. And it's going to bring evil to a standstill. Because nobody's going to want to do evil. We're just not going to want to shoot each other. We're not going to want to hold what we have when somebody has a need. We're not going to want to take advantage of anybody that's weaker than us. We're going to want to love everybody. And the love of God is what solves the problems of the entire world. It's not this fake humanistic humanity thing mm -hmm. that people got going where they're going to do it. If you haven't understood this, I'm going to tell it right now. Humanity is evil. It has imbibed the spirit of Antichrist. And we are not worthy to stand in God's presence. Our nature is to do wrong because our father did wrong in the garden when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And our generations are steeped in that propensity to do wrong before God. The only thing that can make us good is God himself. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can make us act right is God replacing our nature with him. And then when we take on the nature of Christ, which is the very presence of God, that is the only time that we become good. Mm -hmm. It's the only time that we can love. 
It's the only time that we can become what we were truly meant to be. And trying to fix the world's problems any other way is doomed to failure. This current world government that is forming around us, they are going to promise us peace and safety. And those who look after the natural mind are going to follow them. They're going to wonder after the beast, thinking that they are coming to a utopia. But in reality, they're being led straight to the precipice, straight to the bowels of hell by the son of Satan himself. And we need to wake up. All these things that people say that are going to help you are nothing. They are going to disappoint you. The only thing that is going to heal you, the only thing that is going to raise you above your base nature is the presence of God in your life. God needs to dwell in you. You need to be led by the Spirit to his throne. It's the only way you can ever find it. And if you're not led by the Spirit to God's throne, you're going to be led by the Spirit of Antichrist to hell. And that is the dichotomy that is forming right now. When you read the scriptures, this is what they are telling you. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He is the only way to get healed and true healing. The only way that you are going to get the true love that your heart so desires. God is calling you. He's beckoning you in this hour. And even in this darkness, if you allow God to fill you, you will become a light that will pierce this darkness and show others the way to salvation. And we see the marks of love by the truth that love is the law that we operate under as believers. There's no longer any law when the Spirit fills us. Exactly. It's just the law of love because love does no wrong to a neighbor. And that's always our mark. It's loving God first. Like you said, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the way that, that we are supposed to be living. That is the way we make sure that we are obeying all that God wants us to do is by loving, loving God and loving others and loving others with the love of God that flows through us and receiving from others the love of God. This is how we live our lives and this is how we judge what we are doing and whether or not we're actually being led by the Spirit. Is this love? Is this doing wrong to a neighbor? Is this doing wrong to myself? Or is this something that builds up? Is this something that encourages others and gives healing to other people? The love of God is the most powerful force because love is actually the nature of God himself. And so just imagine sitting for an hour in the most powerful force in the universe. What would that do to you if you could really yield yourself to the most powerful force in the universe for just an hour? If we could really yield to that, it would be life-altering. I think the very cells of our bodies would be changed by that love. And our minds, we have such a battle in our minds because we allowed the enemy into our minds when originally we ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything became about our minds and our thoughts. And science is even now going back to the understanding that ancient people have known for centuries is that we live from our hearts, from our bellies. There's actually more communication from your heart to your brain than from your brain to your heart, science is discovering, because we have sensors in our hearts and in our bellies that can receive what 
we're receiving from God. You know, some of the hormones that produce really good feelings in our bodies are not just produced in our brain, they're produced in our gut. So, I mean, this is a vital place that we're supposed to live from, but we have thought forever that we're supposed to live from our minds. We ignore our hearts, we ignore our guts, and we live from our minds. And what happens is that we disconnect from God when we do that. When we're moving by the Spirit of God that is in us, in our bellies and in our hearts, we're moved by the love of God. We're moved toward the love of God. And that is the marked difference that comes out of us from living from our minds versus living from the love of God that's in our hearts and in our bellies. You know, when you watch a movie, a lot of times you got this tough-as-nails male hero that's fighting bad guys. And the whole crux of the movie is when he makes an emotional decision. Yeah. You know? Oh, my. He felt something, you know, and everybody claps and so <laughs> sighs. And we understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to watch Star Trek, the original one. And, you know, Starfleet had mounds of rules and regulations. But the whole crux of each issue was when James Kirk would say, I have a gut feeling. <laughs> and then Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock, would say, that's illogical. Yes, exactly. But we would cheer for James mm-hmm. Kirk when he just went by his gut. Because we know. There's, we you know, in deep know. space against some alien that was about to destroy the ship. And we instinctively know that we're supposed to go by our spirit, mm-hmm. which is located in our stomach. We instinctively know that. That's why out of your belly flows river mm-hmm. of living water. Mm-hmm. He didn't say your head. Mm-hmm. He exactly. said your belly. Yeah. And he meant just that. You know, our gut feeling is oftentimes the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And we need to live a life of revelation. This is how God always meant it to be. He was going to speak to us, and we just did whatever he said. If we had a question, we asked him, and he just told us. There is no books. There is no need of any books. We had the sum of all knowledge. He was omniscient, you know. Anything you needed to know, you just asked. It was very simple. And you were talking about the law of love, and the truth is the law of love is very simple, too. I mean, against love, there is no law. Mm -hmm. There's no law written against love because love does no wrong. That's right. And when we are filled with God's love and we are manifesting that love to another person, we do no wrong. When they are manifesting God's love to us, they do no wrong. This is how the saints become perfected. This is the perfection of the saints, the tabernacle blessing, the manifesting of God's very nature through us and to us is the perfect man of Ephesians. And this whole notion of getting together because we agree on a set of doctrines Mm -hmm. is so man-made, it's pathetic. We don't agree because we believe the same thing. We believe because we know the same person. Exactly, yep. And the same person being one person, one God, acts pretty much the same towards everybody. Now, there may be different variations, different administrations of that spirit in different places according to what's needed, but the general presence of God will be agreed upon because he's the same towards everyone. This is the basis of the church coming together and becoming one. We become one because there's one God, and that is the future of the whole of the Christian church if you want to become Mm. part of it. That's interesting what you say about Jesus saying that rivers of living water will flow out of you because so often in our lives and and even in our Christian lives, we're all about receiving. I need this. I have this struggle. I'm lacking this. And we're calling upon God, calling upon people to come to me, meet me, fill me, help me, drawing things to us when the point is that the thing that Jesus is 
preaching that he's going to lead us to is things flowing out of us. You can't have things flowing out of you without things flowing into you. But if your goal is to get to a place in God where things flow out of you, that changes your mindset from a lack mentality to an abundance mentality. When we come to God saying, I need this, I need this, I don't have enough of this, I don't have enough love, I don't have enough healing, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough relationship. When we come to him with that lack mentality, it's not the mindset that we really have. If we're up in that new heavens and new earth perspective, seated in heavenly places where Jesus wants us to sit, we're not going to see any lack. There's always abundance of everything in God. So when we get into that perspective and come up above the chatter of the enemy and the chatter of the world that is so prevalent in our heads all the time and come up to that perspective, there's an abundance. And we step into that abundance and without even having to ask, we receive everything we need to the point where it overflows. And the focus is what is going to flow out of me. And the focus is getting into the presence of God, into the love of God, into that heavenly place where we're supposed to sit so we can receive from God as he pours out on us, instead of asking from a place of lack, expecting from a place of abundance, I come to God and sit in his love, expecting that rivers of loving water are going to flow out of me as a result. And that is the focus, is what is going to come out of me, not what I'm going to pull into me. And when you're within God's domain, whatever God wants you to do as led of the Spirit is appropriate. When you're out of God's domain and dot Satan, Anything you do is inappropriate. That's right. No matter how good you think it is. You have to pass from death to life in order for anything you do to be actually good. The only thing you do that's good is if you manifest God. Mm -hmm. If you manifest the love you of manifest God. manifest love, which does no wrong to exactly. its neighbor. Yeah. And this is where we're coming to. I'm, I'm standing here on the mountain and I'm looking and I'm seeing this beautiful, huge weather front. That's bringing mm. warmth, and it's going to crest the flowers into bloom. That's going to make everything grow green. I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, I'm heralding it. I'm saying, wow, this is amazing. Don't worry about the storm in your life right now. Mm. There's better days coming, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be lovely. It's going to be warm. You're going to lay down in green pastures and drink from still waters. God's going to be with you, Emmanuel, again. And we are going to feel God and know God face to face mm. as we look at him in another human being. This is the revelation of tabernacles. God dwelling in his saints. God speaking through his saints. God loving through his saints. And when the world sees that, the common man will hear us gladly. You won't have to go and push the gospel in anybody. They will say, what do you have? Please tell me. I need it. And evangelism will simply be fellowshipping with people like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And they will accept us because they accept Jesus in us. And this is the future of the church. Wow, what a beautiful vision. And we don't see it. We're on the other side of the mountain that you're standing on, and we don't see it because all we see is a mountain. And we're looking behind us, seeing the troubles, and we're looking in front of us with worry and fear and trepidation, not understanding that there is a powerful move of God coming. If we would yield to it and receive it and let go of our preconceived notion of who God is and how he acts, it opens up tremendous amounts of freedom and tremendous amounts of joy and Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is the number one 
prohibitive force in our lives. Fear in the form of fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of pain, fear of anything coming in the future that's not going to be perfect. I know in my life it's held me back from so many things, just relaxing into the goodness of God. If we understand that God is good and the plans he has for us are good and that when we love him and we're called according to his purpose, which all believers are, that everything in our lives works for good. And he doesn't hurt us. If he says love does no wrong to a neighbor and he himself is the nature of love, he's not going to do wrong to you. So you can trust him. Even if he's calling you to something that looks scary and you're afraid you're going to have lack or pain or loss, you can trust him because he's good and love does no wrong to anyone. God does no wrong to you when you are living in his love and yielding to where he's drawing you. We need to allow the love of God to just completely dissolve the fear in our lives so we can open up to everything that he has. It's so much bigger and better than what we imagine, but we're held back by our fear and our preconceived notions and our own understanding of how God is, what he would do, what he would not do. Very limiting. And the love of God can just destroy all of that and bring us into a beautiful space. There's many people that are listening to this podcast are saying, you know, well, that's good for you, but you know, I'm really messed up. You just don't know how much I messed up. Okay. I agree with you. You're messed up, but you're not messed up beyond where God can fix you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you still are a human being, and you were created to be filled with the fullness of God. You were created to manifest his spirit to the earth. And so if you get out of the way, and he replaces you in your body, you become good. You do good. You make good choices. People around you see it. They react to you positively. There's nothing that you've done God cannot fix. And even if he doesn't fix it because of some reason, you can still go on from where you are and be good for the rest of your life. You just need a total God makeover. And the way you do that is by opening up your heart and receiving him deep into it and saying, yes, Lord, here am I. Whatever I am, whatever I got left, I give to you. I'm going to get out of the way for once. I'm just going to let you live your life through me. And if you want me to go and volunteer at the local food bank, That's exactly what I'm going to do. If you want me to go talk to a stranger on the street, if you want me to go call up my friend, if you want me to hug my child, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop being in your way, and I'm just going to let you be yourself through me. That is the way to perfection. That is the way to becoming all God wants you to be. And it's by not living your life. It's by living his life. And an hour in God's love, can fix you in ways that you could never be fixed any yes, other way. that's right. Yeah. We don't have the ability in and of ourselves to fix ourselves. And we don't have the ability to learn as much as we can learn with our minds to fix ourselves. The way to really be fixed and healed is to experience the love of God. And there's a person listening that's in the New Jersey area, and you've been feeling led by God to do some things, and you've been bombarded with a tremendous amount of fear over this thing that God's calling you to. And I just want to encourage you that fear is never from God. If God is leading us away from a path in the form of a caution or a warning, it just comes as kind of an awareness that um, this isn't a good thing. But it, if it's fear, it's not from God. God would not lead you away from something by fear. There may be a caution or a check, but not fear. I just want to encourage you to ignore the fear, ask God to overcome it with his love, and be bold in what God is asking you to do because it's going to turn out amazing, which is why the enemy is fighting you so hard in it, because what God is calling you to do is going to be amazing and is going to destroy some strongholds of the enemy. So ignore the enemy and just trust in the love of God to take you into this. a person or persons in uh, Trinidad and Tobago, and you're living there in that place and you're receiving from God. 
And receiving for God is really great. You know, it makes you feel good. But the next step is giving out. And you'll find that when you give out, it's like 10 times better than receiving. Because as you give out, you receive more. <laughs> so you just become this conduit for God and you're feeling God and you're experiencing God doing amazing stuff and you're blessing people. They're being healed. They're being you know, happy. And you know, it's just this oscillation of goodness. I encourage you to start giving out. You've received, now become that conduit of God to others. And it doesn't have to be, you know, something dramatic. It's just being greeting people, loving people. Let God shine through your eyes. And you'll be amazed what happens. People really like Jesus. <laughs> they really liked Jesus the first time yeah. he came, you know. And if you're letting them see Jesus through you, they're going to really like you. Mm -hmm. That's right. The glory of God can shine through you, and it just draws people to him through you. So it's a beautiful experience. An hour in God's love can really fix what ails you. Darkness cannot exist in his light. And so the real way to get fixed, Harry, is to draw near to God, is to just get in his presence. All these things that you can't overcome just flee when you get next to him. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be years of therapy. It doesn't have to be something that you really pound your flesh under about. You just need to get next to God. And that goes for everybody that's hearing the sound of my voice. An hour in God's love is worth years of book reading, years of talking to your counselor, years of weeping at the altar, years of Bible reading. All those things are good to a limited extent. But going to the source, being in the presence of your Creator, that's what really fixes you. That's what really roots out all these things that you can't get rid of yourself. And I just want to encourage you that there's hope. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just feeling hopeless in the world because the world is saying every other time you turn around, there's something new to worry about. Yes, exactly. Something new to fear. Yep. And they're just pumping that into people. But I'm telling you, you don't have to fear no, God. No, you don't. You just need to get next to him. He's drawing you towards him. That was the whole thing with the son, Jesus Christ. He was reaching out to you specifically because he knew that the only way back was through a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. He can get near you now. You can get near him. And an hour in his presence, an hour in his love will fix years of things that you couldn't get rid of. That's right. Beautiful experience. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you again for reaching the end of God's Love Club's podcast. You are an intrepid individual. You're the pioneer spirit that settled the entire West of the United States. If you were back in the 1800s, you would have been on that Conestoga wagon on their planes, bumping around on the rocks and stuff like this. <laughs> and we really appreciate it. We don't take listening to us for granted. Yes, exactly. And for that, we're going to give you another gold star to put with your collection. And we just love you. We appreciate you. We know it's difficult. And we want to help you. We want you to hear God in a way that you can mm -hmm. through us. Mm -hmm. Hearing God and living in His presence is supposed to be life-changing, and that's what God wants for you. Yes. Amen. So this is Michael James King and Christy Smith. See you next week on God's Love Club. You be blessed, you be happy, and we'll see you again.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye.